Show, episode number 88. I am Joe Sebelia. Thank you for listening. Please make sure you subscribe wherever you are listening to this podcast. And please make sure to leave a review. I'd love to hear what you think of the podcast. If you have not already done so, head on over to YouTube, subscribe to our YouTube channel, so you can see a video version of these podcasts. Don't forget to go to social media, find us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, and follow us over there at R&R Coffee Show. My guest this episode is Tesla guitarist Dave Rude. Dave found his way into Tesla through MySpace, actually. Remember that? MySpace? Remember that platform? Anyway, he found his way into Tesla through MySpace and has since been in the band for about 16 years now. Dave also has his own band called the Dave Rude Band, which he has released a few albums on in the past years and uh, may be doing something in the future with the Dave Rude Band. I discuss all this and more on this week's episode of the Rock and Roll and Coffee Show. Do you realize it's taken us almost a year to get this set up? I was looking through the messages. I'm like, man, it was last, it was like April 1st when we first started communicating last year. Wow. But here we are. Here we are, man. I'm (laughs) glad we kept at it and and now it's come to fruition. Yeah, yeah. Man, so you've been home for a while, right? Yeah. um, Well, I mean, all of 2020, really. um, And then, um, you know, we we did finally get to go out. uh, this past fall, we, we went out for a few months, like, like September, October, November, not like solid, but, you know, um, right. a couple weeks here, a couple weeks there. So, you know, got to do some, you know, a, a decent amount of touring. Um, and then we had uh, a few months off, which, you know, we're coming up to the end of it. We're going back out again at the beginning of March. Because mm-hmm. you guys, I believe you were out and then COVID hit you guys, right? yeah wait oh just recently like in the fall yeah 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 right so so i mean we could we kind of man we had like a a, an interesting uh experience with all that because we got we we actually were probably one of the few bands who did tour in 2020 before we did um we we did like everything you're not supposed to do before (laughs) anyone knew you weren't supposed to do it literally like in, in january 2020 or like no, like the first week of February 2020, we flew out to Florida, did a rock cruise with 3,000 people <laughs> oh, no. on a cruise ship, <laughs> then got off the ship, went on a bus, and toured across like the East Coast oh. and West for like three more weeks with <laughs> like no anything. And that was just right. when people started to get like worried and like you know, I was like, uh, things might change. And then we got home at the beginning of March. And like a week later, everything shut down. So like yeah. it was weird because we, it was like, wow, we literally were doing every single thing you're not supposed you're to do, not supposed um, to do. right? And I think we pretty much, luckily, made it okay on that. But then, yeah, all this, you know, year year and a half at home, and then we finally go back out in August of well, not this year, 2021, um, and we made it through two shows before mm. you know uh, it, it hit the camp pretty pretty uh, dramatically yeah. and. You know, we had to, we, man, we, it sucked. We had to cancel an entire month of touring yeah. uh, the first month in almost two years. So it was, it was pretty rough. Um, mm. But everyone made it through. Everyone was all right. And, um, Good. you know, we, so we had that month off and recovered, re- regrouped and uh, hit, hit back out, you know, hit, hit, headed back out um, for a few more months. And, you know, that one was super fun because, A, I mean, dude, it, it'd be fun to play 
alone in front of a library at that, right, at that, at point, that point, like after so much time yeah. off. But the fact that we got to do all these cool solo shows and we got to go out and support Leonard Skinner doing arenas, a bunch of those um, oh, nice. dates. It was, it was really, really, you know, amazing. Man, were you a Skinner fan when you were younger? Yeah. Oh, yeah, totally. Yeah. You yeah. know? I mean, they're, they're classics. You know? Yeah, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. So now you're back home in... Where are you? The Bay Area, right? Yeah, Bay Area, near like Oakland and Berkeley. And that's where you grew up? Mm Mm-hmm. So you've stayed there the whole time, or did you move elsewhere? No, you know, stayed here the whole time. Came came close to moving a couple times. And, um, you know, like L.A. is the obvious one for all all the musicians here. You know, it's best to go and move to L.A. But, uh, yeah, this close. We were thinking actually moving to, like, Austin for a while. There's there's been a couple of almosts, but then, you know, I, I... ended up joining tesla so you know mm-hmm. it worked out perfect and you know I, I love the bay area so yeah you know, my friends all my family here you know yeah what was the bay area like when you were growing up the music scene because that was uh, what the early 90s when, when you yeah playing? yeah okay. yeah uh, about yeah probably early 90s um and well you know it's weird because i guess the bay area music scene is cool and i really love it's very eclectic it's really artistic and weird and like it's very you know do it yourself like there's a lot of very cool things and all that stuff really made an impact on me just in kind of like ethos um but for like hard rock mm-hmm. it sucks like there is no rock in the bay area like i'm sure if anyone you know, there'd be guys who would you know take issue with that but like <laughs> you know hard rock mm-hmm. yeah, yeah like I, I did it for years here and man you just there's there's not a market for it if, if you're in like a weird indie band that does something totally off the wall mm-hmm. you'll do great mm-hmm. you know it, like like a new york city kind of vibe mm-hmm. um but if you're like oh yeah we sound like acdc meets guns and roses like no one's gonna come to your gigs. yeah 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 i was trying to remember what bands came from that area Back in the late '80s, early '90s, and I think didn't Vane come from that area? Vane was here. Yeah, yeah, okay. there was um, a friend of mine, the Ruffians. There, I mean, there was there was a lot, and then you know all the Bay Area Thrash, Testament, yeah, yeah, yeah. all those years. But I mean, the big guys. I mean, that's why people always say like, "Oh, wow, the Bay Area music scene must be amazing, like for rock," because so many great bands, you know, Credence, Santana, mm-hmm. Metallica, Green Day, all these huge bands. Journey's a Bay Area band. Yeah, yeah. Um, but those are all like decades ago. There's, you know, and I'm yeah. sure there'll be more cool music from here. But um, there's just not much of a rock scene, and also live music period is tough here again. And that's sort of a coastal thing and a big city thing. Like you know, you go trying to get people to come to your gig in you know Nashville or New York City is going to mm. be tough. But if you're in the Midwest, people want to go see a band. You know, like yeah. if you just not like necessarily a small town, but just not a town where it's, you know, a little more jaded. Like the, the that cliche, you know, people bands say like, oh yeah, you know, you play L.A. and everyone's kind of sitting there like, mm, yeah, yeah, what do you yeah. got for me? But you go play in like Michigan and people are like, yeah, you know, yeah, and that's yeah. way more fun to be sure. at a show or to be playing a show. Yeah, yeah, I bet. So when you started playing, you were what, how old? Uh, I started playing guitar when I was nine. Pretty young. Yeah, I was going to say that. That's younger than I would. I mean, if there's an average of playing guitar, that's probably a little younger than the average, right? 
Yeah, usually like 12, 13. You hear most guys who like stick with it starting mm-hmm. that middle school age. I just really, really wanted to since I was a little kid and constantly harassing my parents to, <laughs> to get me guitar lessons. And then, you know, you know, my mom made me wait. She, she said, like, let's wait till you're nine. And then, you know, if you still want it when you're nine. So right after I turned nine, I was like, I'm nine. Let's do it. And, yeah. you know, <laughs> you're counting the clock, watching the clock. Yeah. Do, I mean, do, um, is there any other musicians in your family? Not really. I mean, you know, we had a guitar because before I was born, my mom like took some guitar lessons and just just for fun. But you know, both my parents are teachers, so mm-hmm. um, I mean, my grandma was in the music. She got a piano and all that. But yeah, no, no, like pro professional musicians. I and we did, was guitar your first instrument? Yeah, yeah, it was. Okay. It was that was the one that I you did. I want we actually. Drums. I mean, you know, every kid wanted to play drums, so like yeah, I, I, I definitely. Asked. I ask because a lot of the people I talk to on the show, they always start out on the drums. You know what? Mainly the singers, they end up starting out on drums for some reason. I mean, so. Steven Tyler, the, the the best example, but I mean, yeah. it always makes sense to me when, when I hear that because like a great singer, so much of the vocals and the placement of lyrics mm. goes, it fits so right in the pocket with the drums, you know? That's I mean, right. you think melody is the most important in lyrics and stuff. And that's true. Right. But man, sitting in the pocket makes those melodies so much right. stronger. Yeah. yeah. So when you started playing, um, what was your first band? Was it a cover band or original band? Um, yeah. First band. I mean, I was in like a weird sort of jazz group, not like a high school yeah. band, but like we, like these horn dudes who were into jazz and like I played guitar. And so we did like jazz covers, but like we do oh, weird ones, you know? Um, so that was kind of fun, but it, you know, I, I was a late starter with with bands. I didn't really. I don't think I started a band until I was eighteen or nineteen. Um, wow. So like early to start playing, but late to start like playing with other people. I just you know I had friends. Again, not a lot of of rock here. So I mean, there was only a few of us who were into like Guns and Roses and Metallica, and we played guitar together. <laughs> and of course, you know everyone just wants to be a guitar player. So it was just a hell of yeah. guitar players and yeah yeah. You know, um, <laughs> And then, yeah, eventually, I think, you know, I had a band that was just, we did, we did some covers and played, like, you know, the local street fair kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, did you want to move down to L.A. when you were younger? I did. I did really bad. I, what, what I, kept I you? Kid, what's that? What kept you? What well, kept you, you know, I, I, I came pretty close a few times. Um, I was always a little, I mean... It's so exciting, and I still love to go to L.A. Because it's like, I feel like L.A. is one of those cities that just has this buzz. There's mm-hmm. like an energy to it. Because it's one of those places where it feels like anything's possible. You know, mm-hmm. like, it's like oh, your dreams could be realized at any moment. You know, and, and not a lot of places are like that. And it's just right. fun. And, you know, there's so much of the business down there. So there's everyone's in, in the entertainment world. And, like, I love that. I've always loved that since I was a kid. That's all I ever wanted to do was be in that world so mm-hmm. there's a lot of coolness to me uh, of just sort of being immersed in just walking down the streets like oh this is really fun but of course then the other side to that which is the cliche is like that sort of surface real shallow you know kind of yeah. selfish in my experience is also really present yeah <laughs> and, you know, and you think about it right i mean we're kind of it, music especially but all really the arts, artists, you know, actors, any, anyone in that world, um, 
even even in the most altruistic ways, it's still a self-centered pursuit at, in, in some level. So you're, you, everyone is saying, I'm good, look at me, in one mm-hmm. way or another, even if they're not like an egomaniac. But there's, there's a, you have to, to get up on the stage and play in front of nobody, you still have to think you're good enough to do that. Mm-hmm. So there's, and then you get like the really good ones and, you know, the ones who are really, I'm going to make it, they all move to L.A., and a lot of these guys all think they're pretty badass. So, you know, and then the other cliche, everyone's like a waiter or like working at Starbucks yeah. until they make it. So, you know, there's a lot of that like um, sort of ego craziness that can turn me off a bit. Yeah. I used to live out there in Bakersfield, California. Oh, cool. Yeah, I lived there for about five years. So I would go down to L.A., but the wife hated L.A. We were originally from Florida. Oh, yeah. So I always wanted to go down in LA, to L.A. and hang out, but she couldn't stand it down there. I thought it was cool. Right. I liked it. <laughs> it's fun, man. And there's still a ton of music. You know, I, I, same thing. Not a lot of rock. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I remember when I was out there, uh, I walked by DJ Ashba and uh, I, I called him. I said, hey, DJ. And he kept walking. He didn't. He didn't talk to me. So what are you going to do? Dude, my, my big my big claim to fame was we were playing the House of Blues on Sunset when it used uh-huh. to be there, and I went for like a long walk, like to get some exercise, like after sound check, and saw Christopher walking walking down Sunset. That's funny. That's a good one. <laughs> All right, so so you didn't you stayed in the Bay Area, and then yeah. was um were you playing out in in clubs and like, were you making a name for yourself out there or no? I mean, a little bit. I was trying, but, um, yeah, I was just in, in like, a couple of local bands here. You know, I was in one where we, nothing ever happened, but we did try really hard. Like, we got an investor and, you know, we all, like, quit our jobs and just rehearsed six days a week. And, like, mm-hmm. did the whole thing when you're, like, really putting all in and, um you know, went and, you know, made records at big studios and right. to lawyers and would do showcases. And, you know, like I said, nothing ever happened, but we it was, it was really, really good experience and great training on, you know, what, what to do, what not to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and just sort of being in that environment. Mm-hmm. Um, and it really, it really helped. I think when I ended up joining Tesla, because I'd, I'd already been exposed to a lot of that side of it, which could really freak you out if you never had been. Right. And then Frank is the one that found you, right? Totally, yeah, on, on MySpace. Yeah, I heard that. What? Tell me that story again. So, yeah, I was um, that that band that I was talking about. I had just recently broken up, and um, maybe a year before, and I, I just started doing my solo thing, and it was kind of out of frustration. I was like, man, I'm, I, I was like searching all over for singers. I'm just going to sing myself, you know, screw it, man. I'll, I'll figure it out. And so I started writing songs and I was like, Oh, this is kind of fun. And made a really quick demo, very, very DIY and, and, and made a MySpace page totally like unaffiliated. Like there was, I didn't have a manager or a lawyer. There was no juice, right. It was just a dude in the wind. Like, Hey, I want to play music. And I like no big following, nothing. Um, Frank had found it by accident because my remember they had the top friends like those yeah, photos. Yeah. So there was a really cool photo from like some old club gig I'd played where I'm like all sweaty and the lights are on. It's like oh wow, it looked like an arena or something, right? Yeah, that's cool. So if some a guy that he was looking at to maybe you know come jam with Tesla, 
had me on his top eight. And as he's on the phone, like, checking him out, the guy's like, oh, man, I'd love to, but I can't do it. And he sees, hey, who's this dude, Dave Rude? <laughs> he said, oh, he's cool. Give him a call. That's and amazing. It was unreal, dude. I mean, so it, it really was, like, just complete, like, a fluke. Because um, I had no connection to the band. There was That's another thing people often think. Because usually when a guy comes into an established band, it's like, used to be the tech or somebody's cousin and he grew up with the band like i grew up being a huge fan of chelsea but i did not know anybody there was zero connections um it was just totally out of the blue and it was just a coincidence that i'm only an hour away so he sent me a myspace email and like three days later i went up and sat in with him at a club in sacramento and his solo band and three four months after that i was in tesla so it it was a whirlwind man you could write a movie off that just that. Oh, 100%, yeah. <laughs> Do, were you a fan of uh, Frank and Tommy? Yeah, oh yeah, totally. I mean, I, I was a, a big Tesla fan growing up. Did uh, you have the posters so, on your wall? You know, I think I did. I, <laughs> I, I did. I had a few, and I I missed them. I missed all the shows in, like, the 80s, 90s, heyday, because I was a kid, so it was hard to get mm. shows anyways. And, and then I happened, to, I happened to go see Tesla for, like, the first time like two years before I joined the band. It was crazy. Wow. Like, I think I saw them, I saw Tess about three times in in maybe a year and a half before I ended up in the band. It was really weird. There was oh, all sorts of weird, you know. The universe was telling you something. What's that? The universe was telling you something. A big time, big time. Yeah. And all three of the shows were great, you know, watching them. And, you know, yeah, so yeah. Cool. So then you join up with Frank, and that was for his solo band, right? Yeah, he took me out um, as like a second guitar um, for second guitar player for his solo band for a two week tour that he did like Midwest and South, um, and we hadn't told anybody yet. But he told me the very first night I met him, like it's it's really as kind of a long tryout or test period for someone to join Tesla. So, oh, so you I, knew? I knew. Yeah, I knew from the day the, the day we met. Um, you know, not that I was in or anything, but it was like, this is all true. You know, I am going on a solo tour, but it's kind of more cover for trying out somebody to, to be in Tesla starting in the summertime. And, you know, there's a real good way to, to see how it would work. And so, you know, we, I would go up to Sacramento, he would come down here, just did a lot of rehearsing. And then we did a, a an RV tour and a couple more shorter runs and, did a lot of gigs. I was, I was in his band for like a year, even after I joined Tesla, I kept doing gigs with him. Did that put more pressure on you when he told you that? You know, no, um, but only because um, I think, you know, it, it's weird because it should have, mm-hmm. right? Especially right, being a Tesla fan. Like, I should have been freaked out, yeah. but it felt really natural the whole time. Everything felt really organic, and that was another thing. I never wanted to join an established band when I was younger. I was, you know, I was, I was Ella Young, and like just really wanted to do it on my own. Um, so, you know, on paper, I, I I didn't want to join any any other new any other older band um, that that was just established band. And um, mm-hmm. but as soon as I met him and started we started playing it just felt so right and then you know he took me around and introduced me to the other guys in the band and everything just it was like this is what i'm supposed to be doing this is this feels good right you know it was really it was it was just a again kind of an 
intuition, in, in, kind of an intuitive thing. It just yeah. felt right from from the get go. Okay. Did you ever meet Tommy? Uh, no, 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 never have. Okay. I mean, like I, I shook his hand outside a show once, you know, like, uh, but when I was like waiting backstage, like, you know, to, and, and like kind of met everybody and like, Hey, listen to my demo, you know? Kind yeah, of yeah. 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 I was that guy waiting out by the backstage door. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. so then when the moment came, when he asked you to join Tesla or, or how did that happen? How did they say to you, we want you in Tesla? You know, it, I don't remember a, a, an actual like point in time. It, it just kind of happened. I mean, I think, I know, you know, Frank was was pretty excited about it while we were out doing his solo tour. And so, I, you know, he was, um, I, I don't know if there, like, there was never, like, they never, like, sat me down and, like, said, hey, it's official. It was just like, yeah, you're going to come out and do it. <laughs> you want to, like, do some shows in next month or something? And I was like, yeah, yeah, that'd be cool. You know, it was, it yeah. was so, uh, so, like, casual and like relaxed which again was part of probably what made it easy and and feel so good because they're all again they're all such good guys like it, yeah. it, it it there there was never any weirdness or you know they always were very yeah. welcoming so that, that yeah they seem like a pretty laid-back group of guys you know i had troy on the show uh, a long time ago when i first started the show he came on um and he was awesome but I, the rest of the guys seem the same way. I mean, everybody seems real down to earth and just laid back and cool. Yep, it, it's true. I mean, it's yeah, that's it's, it's a fun band to be in. You know. Yeah, yeah. So that had to make it easy for you to step in that spot. Yeah, it was. It was really. Again, it really just felt right from mm -hmm. from the beginning. So it's mm -hmm. cool. And did you know a lot of the songs playing with Frank's solo project? I'm sure you you knew most of the Tesla songs, right? Yeah, I I actually hadn't heard much of the solo Frank stuff, but uh, you know he gave me a couple of CDs and I just learned it all real fast and you know filled in my gaps in my Tesla knowledge. But you know I knew I knew all the Tesla hits pretty well, anyways. And um, I mean I would even you know taught guitar lessons, a couple of right. couple of songs I'd already taught to people. So like I I knew a few of them I knew really well, and the rest of them like you know if you grow up listening to a band. You, you can you know how it is in your ears so then yeah. you just associate you just like oh cool yeah boom got it because i i've been listening to that song for 15 years so i know it right um, yeah so it was it was a it fit pretty well pretty quickly and then how was your first show with the band i mean were you, how uh, nervous were you or were you nervous at all i you know i was nervous but i was more not a lot not a lot again it was it was really just excitement um and Part of that might have been because, um, you know, we had originally been scheduled to do the first show ever that I was going to play with Tesla was going to be at Shoreline Amphitheater here in the Bay Area, which is like the big outdoor amphitheater. It's like, you know, 15,000 people. Okay. Um, and we were going to be supporting Leonard Skinner. Uh, and then, like, we, we got a rehearsal place and had the crew fly out and set up all this stuff. And, you know, it was this big operation. And then like less than a week before the show, it got canceled because Gary Rossington had a heart attack. Mm. Right. So, um, which was awful, but he, he recovered and they were back out on the road a couple months after that. Um, but you know, they, it was really last minute. So they just like, I guess they postponed it. 
they rescheduled um, the show. It was a radio thing called Bone Bash. And they rescheduled it with Sammy Hagar being the headliner for two months later. And by that point, I'd been already out on the road playing a lot of big shows. And it really made a huge difference because... So so I had been, like... I had been nervous about that for a show because I was like, oh, my God, my first show ever is going to be this huge crowd opening for, like, Rock Hall of Fame dudes at, like, the place where I've seen some of my first concerts in my hometown is going to be, like, I'm going to be nervous. And then it, when that, like, sort of, like, got that pressure of that got taken away, it was like, oh, the rest of this is easy. Yeah. So we just sort of eased in and, um, you know, man, we, we've... We, for me, I, I always would play clubs imagining that it was a huge arena anyways. So once there actually was a bunch of people there, it was more exciting, but it still felt the same. It wasn't like, mm-hmm. oh, there's so many people. It was like, yeah, yeah there's so many people. So It's almost it easier with more people, I found. Dude, I hate playing to nobody. It sucks. Yeah, it's like, hard. You, it's, you get so much more excited, at least after you've you know, been lucky enough to play in some bigger crowds. It's 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 more like you feel more at ease if mm-hmm. it's a crowd, a big crowd. You know, it's weird if no one's there. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So your first recording with Tessa was a uh, the covers album, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, so that that's another easy transition for you, right? Because it wasn't like you were going in performing new Tesla songs or writing songs right away, right? Right. Yeah. It was it was great. You know, they they. Um, they had wanted to do this covers record and so we would try out a couple different cover songs you know every couple days at at these shows we've been doing and um see which ones worked felt right see which ones the crowds reacted to and um at the end of that it was like a summer tour when i first joined and i think in november december we went and started recording so it was pretty i mean it was a few months after we were already in the studio. So, you know, exactly your point, like we, there wasn't that pressure of writing and like, mm-hmm. you know, that would have been quite a lot. Like, I mean, imagine for them too, like have this new guy sure. way younger, you know, hasn't done anything. Like I wasn't like some established guy who like, you know, some sideman guy, you know, right, right. so it's like, well, we don't know what he's going to be like, you know? So it was, it was really easy. So you could, it was kind of like doing half, you know, like we got to do the, the, the experience of being in the studio and like going and living together in Texas while we're recording and just, you know, not having any distractions and all that, um, without the added thing of like first having to write songs. Cause who knows what if it hadn't worked, you know, the, right. the creative stuff. Um, so, and, and that again is where like having already had a little bit of experience doing being in bigger studios was like really, really helpful. Cause like I knew the guy who engineered the record because I'd worked with him in the Bay Area. You know, mm-hmm. it was really like fun and and again just kind of was organic. It felt good. Mm-hmm. So when did you start writing with them? Uh, I mean, pretty much right away. I think we were probably already writing ideas on on the tour for real to real. Because okay. then as soon as you know a year or two later, we we started working on what came what became Forevermore, which was the first original record that I was in the band for and and yeah i mean i wrote i've written stuff on every tesla record since i've been in the band um and that was one really cool thing because you know i uh, always had been writing a lot in whatever band i was in Mm -hmm. and um they were always super um 
encouraging to and, and open to that since since before we even had written a song like yeah man you guys got you got any ideas bring them we want to we want you to write because awesome. it could again a lot of established bands wouldn't do that say okay we'll show you how to play yeah. the part but we're going to make the record yeah. you know and but from the beginning it was like no you're in the band you're not some hired dude come on let's go jam let's write some ideas and great. it was so fun so yeah i mean from from forevermore on we've always written together mm-hmm and did the fans um, react well to you taking over Tommy's spot? Because mm-hmm. as, as a Tesla fan myself, when I was a kid, I don't even remember the transition. I just remember all of a sudden you're in Tesla. Yeah, it, there was not like a big to do, you know, yeah. there was not like some big, from what I remember, there was no big announcement or like stories about, you know, not, like no thing happened, yeah. you know. So it was just like all of a sudden there's this other dude now playing guitar. <laughs> I was like, all right, that's um, great. So it works. <laughs> well, you know, that was the other thing I was always really um, so grateful for was again from literally from day one, the very first show, the fans were always so cool. Like there was mm-hmm. never any weirdness. Like you know, like like the where's Joe Perry signs, or you know, like <laughs> like fuck you, new guy. Like none yeah, of that. That, that like, would suck. It, it would have sucked really bad. Yeah. And I've, you know, I've talked to be people who've been in kind of my position in other bands now who, who've joined established bands who didn't get that. And mm. like the fans didn't like them and, yeah. and were mean. And then the other guys in the band are like hazing them and all like, Oh God, that would have been a nightmare. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's good. So you're in Tesla and then you, somewhere along the way, you get that guitar that's hanging behind you. Signature guitar. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, Tell me about that. I mean, you're all of a sudden you're in Tesla and then years later, now you have a signature guitar and it's like, you found me on MySpace. Dude, it's not right? <laughs> like things can just happen like that. I mean, yeah, uh, we were out with, it was on the Def Leppard tour in 2015. We started what became about three years of, of doing a lot of touring with Def Leppard. Um, and it was on the very first run. Um, and, I was, I couldn't sleep. A lot of times I have trouble sleeping on tour. So like three in the morning in my bunk, you know, like awake as hell. Um, and I just, I've been like looking at a lot of old Metallica stuff lately. And at that point, I always really loved James Hetfield's white V, the old one that I'll beat up. It's not even a real Gibson. It's like a hundred dollar yeah. copy. Um, and, and I, I never had a V. I just like, God damn, another one V. So I'd already had like an endorsement sort of thing with Epiphone. Um, and they'd done a couple ads and sent him some guitars and everything. I had a good relationship with him. So in the middle of the night, like half asleep, I, I emailed the, the person I was talking to there with and, and said, Hey, think you guys can make me a white flying V. And, <laughs> and like, I even like, I had a photo of, uh, I took a photo of this shirt, this Tom Petty shirt that I had, like a cartoon guitar in it that had it looked like that. And, and I sent it in and I never heard back. And then like two months later, we were playing Nashville at Bridgestone, and um, the the artist rep at Epiphone was like, "Hey, what time can we come by to show you your guitar?" I'm like, uh, "What?" <laughs> <laughs> like, "Yeah, okay." <laughs> what guitar? Because they had never responded. I was like, "Well, yeah, it was a stupid idea. I shouldn't ask." But but they 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 made me just one. Like it wasn't a signature. It was just like, "Yeah, here we go. We made you the singer." And it was so cool. And I fell in love with it, and I played it every night. And for like a year, and it never even crossed my mind as like signature model. It was just, oh, cool, right. I got this neat thing. But then I started to think about it, and 
every single, like literally every show we played, someone would come up to me after and ask about that guitar. Where's that guitar? Can I get one of those? What is that made out of? Like, all because it looks really unique. Yeah. And and then I was like, maybe we should. And then I started, you know, I talked more and more to Gibson people, and it was right when they started doing their transition. So I said, hey, what about doing a thing? And and they were like, hell yeah, let's do it. And it it all happened really quick because, you know, they just, they sent me a prototype. I loved it. And that was it. That's what you buy in the stores. Right. Is that's not available anymore, right? I, I think it might not be in production anymore. They, mm. cause they did, they kept extending it. Like I, I they would keep having, like keep sending me another box of like the uh, authenticity things to sign mm-hmm. way more than the original run. So they did increase it, but I don't, I've heard people say they can't get them anymore. So I don't, mm. I don't think they're in stores. I don't know. Yeah. That's a sharp guitar. Uh, I like, I like the white. The neck and everything. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, Okay, so you're also, during Tesla's time, you did your own stuff still, the Dave Mm -hmm. Rude Band, right? Mm -hmm. Okay, and the last album came out in 2013, is that correct? Yeah. Okay, and that was The Key? Yeah, that was The Key. I came out on Rat Pack Records. Yeah, yeah, yeah. because I was listening to that, and it's some pretty heavy stuff, actually. Yeah, yeah. It, it, you know, it's, it's different thing. than Tesla. So if I listen to Tesla and then put your solo album on, it was a little. It wasn't really what I was expecting. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm saying. So, oh. so I mean, it sounds good, and you're singing on it, mm-hmm. which your voice is excellent, by the way. Oh, thanks so much. <laughs> yeah. um, have you always ha- had that heavier side to your original stuff? I mean, I guess. Yeah, I, I, I guess so. It's it's you know I write a whole bunch of different stuff, and whenever it was, when it was for like that, when I was trying to do my band, it just you know a lot of that was like in the room, like three guys, like yeah. So you know you got the big loud marshals. You, it's, it kind of happened. Comes out big loud drums, and you sort of gravitate towards heavier stuff in that setting. Um, mm. I think, um, and. Yeah, I mean, it also, it's, again, it just sort of happens. All that's like, it was never really thought out. Like, you know, part of me wishes I had thought out. We might have gotten farther, you know, but like, it was always just like, I want to write some songs and let's do this. It just, yeah. and then it would just, the path kind of reveals itself, right? And, um, cause, you know, a lot of bands have more of a direction. Like, we're going to write this kind of record and we're going to do this and, I have got a five-year plan. I was like, oh, I don't know. <laughs> you, want, you want a jam? Yeah, that'd be cool. And, and so, so it was all kind of haphazard again in that way. Right. Um, and so it just sort of happened. It just came out. Um, but I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I love riffs, you know. I, yeah. I mean, Guns N' Roses is about, you know, maybe my favorite band or, or, or you know, damn close. So That was your jam, that, huh? That, yeah, I mean, that yeah. Mr. Brownstone, Paradise City, yeah. just riff. Yeah, oh, that's that's where I want to live. Yeah, know? yeah. Okay. Are you still writing with your sing your own band? Um, no. So the band at at for all those years, it was an actual band. It was my name, okay. but we were a real band. Um, but now about right actually before that record came out, we basically split up. We we had been doing it for a long time, and it was like kind of had run its course. Um, I have been still writing a lot, and I actually now also on Rat Pack Records. Uh, this year I'll put out a new solo record that is 
done. This one, I just it really is just a solo record, like a, a project, right? Mm-hmm. I wrote it up by myself and recorded a lot of stuff on tour or at home, and then had a, a great drummer um, in Sacramento named Derek Deason play play the drums on it for a couple. We just went in there for a couple of days, did all the drums, and then um, I just played everything else. And so that's kind of getting mixed. Uh, it's, it's about to start the mixing process right now. That's exciting. Um, yeah, it's super exciting. You know. Yeah. You can't wait to have it be out. Now, do you have a home studio? Do you record at home? Yeah, uh, yeah, home studio. But it's it's like it's not a studio studio. It's just you know where I record and play yeah. music. You know? So my my home studio is really a Pro Tools setup. Like I don't. Yeah, that's I don't all you need. Cars here. Exactly. I mean, yeah. I recorded almost the whole record on my little Universal Audio Apollo. Wow. You know and. I reamped the guitars later. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it's amazing what you can do nowadays. Yeah. With, Isn't with it? Setup. Um, when is it, when should we expect this? Do you have a time frame, or is this sometime I, this year? Sometime this year for sure. And I think realistically it probably would be not before summer, just, okay. you know, cause we're going to start shooting and shoot a video, you know, liner notes, all the, back and forth of all the logistics but but the record is done it's just like the mixing and mastering needs to happen mm-hmm. so yeah I'm, I'm i'm hoping in the summer yeah okay now does tesla have any current dates coming up yeah we've got a bunch coming up um and yeah we leave in the beginning of march um we have a couple of short runs through the spring and then it'll get busier in the summertime you gotta um, love being on the road huh oh man you know you guys are on the road a lot we we yeah normally it's like six seven months of the year not solid but like you know, kind of in and out and it equals to being gone about half the year, um, which I mean we're so lucky to to be able to do that um, and and have that be you know our our thing. Um, yeah. So I hope I I'm looking forward to getting back to that. It was kind of a tease doing our like, like yeah couple of weeks here and there that we did in the fall and then like man wait why do we have to take a break now. Yeah. <laughs> We, we kind of had a long break this time. Yeah, yeah. Now, um, Troy's not with you, right? He's not going to be with you. Um, I'm. I'm not sure yet what's happening on for the okay. next okay. tour. Actually, honestly, we haven't, haven't talked to anyone for a while. <laughs> you know, okay. Yeah. We all kind of like made it through our four months break doing doing our own thing. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um. All right, Dave. Now you also do lessons. Are you still mm-hmm. doing those? Yeah, yeah, I've been I've been doing that. Like again, we had all this time off, so I just went back to my sort of regular teaching schedule, and um, you know, I, I it's something I've been doing since even before I was in Tesla, and, and yeah. always I've really enjoyed. And you know, during the pandemic, kind of was forced to to make it my main thing for you know a good year and a half, and um, but it was really fun and it still is like it, it, it's definitely present tense. Like, you know, I, I love doing it and um, I got a bunch of really great students and a lot of regulars. So it's, mm-hmm. it's really fun. And you know, I've definitely found when, um, when I'm teaching stuff, it makes me think of more stuff. Like I I'll teach and then I want to, when the lesson's over, I want to go learn whatever yeah. more about whatever it was or make, Oh, I should learn this. And so I'll buy like books and stuff like that. I probably never would have done if I wasn't thinking about it from that. Sure. Okay. Now do you get new students or teaching online? seems to be like, it, it, to me, it seems like it would be difficult 
to teach somebody something online because you can't actually be there to help them with their hand position or, or whatever they need to do. So do you take brand new students on guitar or are they already playing? No, you know, I, I do. I've had, um, I've had a few like that had basically never played and then some that are just, you know, really beginners, but have, you know, at least know how to hold a note mm-hmm. kind of thing uh, all the way to advanced people have been playing for decades. So, um, you, I, cause I, I was a little hesitant too when like as far as doing it online um, mm-hmm. with, a, with a real beginner, but you know, I tried a few and it works fine. Like, you know, it's the awesome. thing is with, with teaching online, the only thing that you don't have is the ability to play at the exact same time. Like if I, you know, when I used to give lessons in person, like, okay, this is how it goes. Okay. You know, change this. Let's okay. Uh, All right. Yeah. And now let's play it and we play together. Or if it's a more advanced student, we might jam like, okay, now do some improv and now, uh, you know, things like that. And that, that's a nice thing to have, but it's not like vital. Like you, the, the bulk of any music lesson is usually the teacher showing something to the student and then maybe correcting it or tweaking it. Or there's not that much of playing at the same time. So, you know, it's you don't really lose much by not being in the same room, which I was, I was you know, pleasantly surprised, and also, again, surprisingly, it, it still works well for for beginners. Mm-hmm. Now, you had lessons as well, correct? When and I was a kid, yeah, 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 yeah. I took lessons um, till the end of high school. Okay, so for a while. Yeah, yeah, it was great. I mean, I, I'm I'm a big believer in it because you know, it's, yeah, there's a lot of great players who who are self-taught, but I, th- I think it's, there's a lot of great players who, who did have lessons and, um, you know, it, it most people who, who don't have some, at least some kind of help and instruction in the beginning, they just give up cause it's hard. <laughs> you know, it's like, yeah. you know, like, or, or like maybe not give up, but like you, it's really easy to like, learn a couple of songs and then that's, it never goes any farther than that. Mm-hmm. But if you have someone there who can explain it and kind of help unlock the whole universe of it, then mm-hmm. it can be like a lifelong thing that you're really into and really good at. Yeah. What is it that you start people off with like a new guitar player? I mean, how do you start them off with a lesson? I mean, just, what's the most important thing? I think, you know, the, the, just the real basics. Like, I mean, I like learning chords and songs. I mean, that's, I think the number one thing, because so much of the fundamental technique stuff, you learn by playing songs. Like when I first started taking lessons when I was a kid, all I learned was songs. Like for three or four years, I did nothing. Every week I'd go, my teacher would teach me two new songs. And we were actually singing too. It was like acoustic, more like folk. And and, um, that I mean, I, I, I'm really thankful that that was how I learned to play because I know a lot of people um, learn from like their first lesson. They're learning all this technical stuff, and that's super boring. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's it's fun later. I love all that stuff now, and I learned. I you know I was one of the weird kids in high school who loved to play scales, but like. <laughs> Like most people don't, and you sure don't want to start someone on that who barely knows how to hold a pick, right? So my my goal with lessons is to make it fun and to have whatever their goal is. Like, because a lot of people aren't trying to become the next Steve Vai; they just want right. to learn how to play some songs and have fun with their buddies, and you know, right? And right. so if if that's what they want, like 
yes, I can get you there. Or if like you're 15 and you want to be a huge rock star, I can help you do that too. You know, it's like, mm-hmm. it depends on what you're going for. But I think on no matter, no matter what the end goal is, it's got to be fun the whole time. So if, if it's like, if whatever you work on with your teacher or your lesson is really, really exciting, you'll just want to keep playing it. It's not like a chore, you know, like, oh, I go to practice. It's like, oh, sweet, I want to go play that guitar. I learned this really cool song in my lesson. And he, yeah. oh, I learned this really cool new scale, and this, now I know how to do it. That's like the whole key to me, because then it's not work, it's fun. Mm-hmm. Okay. Who were some of your guitar heroes when you were a kid? Uh, you know, Slash. Slash um, is your guy. Guns yeah, Roses. Slash. Uh, but, you know, all, all the big classic guys, um, you know, Jimmy Page, Hendrix, uh, Steve Ray Vaughan is a huge, huge one. Yeah. Um, I really love Steve Vai and Joe Satriani, um, like, like a bunch. And, you know, I'm, uh, I'm not a huge, like, shred guy. But to me, that even though those guys are, I mean, those guys are the godfathers of that. Mm-hmm. Um, to me, they're, they're just... I don't really think of like shred, you know, they're just like yeah. really, really good. They're, they're, the songs are so good and the playing is so good. It's just also really technically impressive, but it's more at the core, just great melodies I'm playing. Can, um, can you be a shredder? I mean, I mean, a little bit, I don't know. Like I can, <laughs> sometimes I'll, 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 I like to do fast stuff, you know? And, yeah. and so I definitely do. Um, but you know, when I do it, it's, it's usually like a, it's more again in an improv way. And mm. it just kind of, it's it's weird, you know. Like, I, 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 but it's okay. I like weird, so, so it, it's that, good to be weird. It's good to be weird, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. there's a million guys who can do really, really fast whatever tuplets, you know. Like, but that's how boring. Like to me, because I, I, I know some of the, a lot of those to get super fast, you kind of have to at least do a little bit of that of of breaking stuff down into poly or you know sub rhythms and all that, you know, mm. like to 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 get super fast and super clean, it's, it's gotta be pretty well rehearsed at least to a degree. Um, and that, that there's nothing wrong with that, but just me personally, I, I don't ever, I don't think about stuff in that terms. It just sort of flows. So you yeah. end up with totally weird stuff and sometimes there's some mistakes in there, sure. but, um, it's it's I don't know for me it's more fun and I'm not thinking of it in like a hmm, now I'm gonna do thirty second notes and, you know, <laughs> like oh I've got this much time left so I gotta speed up like it's, it's <laughs> oh I guess I'll go over here now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, did you get to meet any of your heroes? I mean I'm sure Tesla had to make that happen for you a little bit, right? Yeah, I mean that's that's been really cool. You know we've, we've fuck man I can't I we met a bunch um but I of course. Can't think of anyone right now because it's not true. <laughs> no, I mean, yeah. God, I mean, did you, uh, did you get to meet Slash? Your guy? I met Slash. You know what's funny is I met Slash a bunch of times, but never since I've been in Tesla. What? Yeah, like what the hell? Like <laughs> I, I, I was like super fan, so I'd go to shows and I'd hang out by the bus and like get an autograph and everything when I was a kid and you know even like twenties or whatever. Yeah. Um, and ever since I've done Tesla, it's just missed paths every single time. Like, we, you know, we've done festivals, we've done together. I know, like, I'm friends with Todd Kearns and, and, and Brent and Frank and his, and his yeah. band. Um, and they're a great band, and I love them. And, and um, you know, I, I, uh, I'm glad to do 
more shows with them. But anyways, yeah, I haven't met him <laughs> since I've been in Tesla, unfortunately. You know? That's crazy to think about because you've been in the band a long time, 15 oh. years or so, right? Yeah, I mean, 16, no, I mean, it's, it's weird, there was like, we can call 2020 a gap year or something. Yeah, like, you're still in the band, though. <laughs> I mean, it's not like, it's, I mean, we didn't, like, revoke memberships yeah. or anything, we didn't do anything. Yeah, that's crazy, that's crazy. So, Tesla, are you guys working on a new album? Because you had a new song come out recently, right? Yeah, yeah, we put out a song called Cold Blue Steel in August, and... um. Luckily, my phone is ringing. Hey, that um, means you're important. So, it's, yeah. <laughs> so, so um, that was sort of um, like a, we're back, you know, like we're here, we're going to go back on the road and new stuff. Um, but it was just a one-off, and okay. so we're, you know, kind of talking about doing more of those, like kind of maybe eventually adding up to an album, um, or maybe it's just some singles. You know, I don't know. It's it's, that seems it's, to be the thing now. Like it, that's right, probably I mean, the better way to go, maybe, right? I mean, I feel like uh, I go back and forth, but I think it probably is at least for for a band like us, right? Because, um, you know, we're people want to see the older stuff, right? And that's that's great. We're lucky that there there are those songs that people want to hear, and we're mm-hmm. happy to go play them. Um, and, and it's still really fun to do all the classic stuff. But it's fun for us to have a song or two that's new. And then, you know, we've got really cool diehard fans that actually do want new songs. Yeah. So, you know, we're lucky in that respect. But um, it's really more just, you know, I guess, not to complain about the business or anything, but, like, the way the industry is now... For most rock bands, not for like the really huge ones and the new, newer, younger bands necessarily, but for most most rock bands, it's a lot of work, a lot of money and effort, and not much happens. Like it's mm-hmm. really just it's really just a, a an advertisement for another tour. Mm-hmm. So you know because like you don't make money from it anymore. You make right. money from the publicity of the record that will hopefully then bring people to your shows and maybe they'll buy merch and do a VIP and all that. But like you make like so little from, from record sales and streaming. Um, if you're not one of those like top 10 billboard artists that it's like, what's, is it worth spending all this time and money to make us this huge production of an album? Mm -hmm. And then, you know, um, just because it's exciting to us, I don't know. Maybe, yeah. but you know, I, I've said that before, and we've done it. So who knows? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it's one of those things where, yeah, you, you know, people would like to get an album, like to see a full album, but again, you know, does it make sense? Exactly. You know what I mean? Right. You and I would like to see full albums because that's the time we came from. Totally. Reading the albums, you know, holding the physical copy, but. Do, they don't do that anymore, right? So, no. yeah, I mean, and I'm I'm one of the weird ones who like when I like a band, I want to hear their new stuff too. You yeah. know, um, it's like we you you already got the old classic stuff. They're not going to stop playing their hits. It's just that yeah. there's also another new record, and maybe you'll like something there too. Like, yeah, there's no downside to it. Yeah, you yeah. know, at least as a fan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so with Tesla, Tesla, you guys also got to record at Abbey Road. I mean, that, what what was that like? Walking in there and just getting that whole setup going. 
dude, it was, it was just mind blowing, you know, like we, um, yeah, it was, it was going to be the, the anniversary of, of five man. And, um, we were going over there to do like the festival, the summer festival circuit. And so we made it happen to, to be in, in Abbey and, and dude, she was, I mean, fuck, dude, it was crazy. <laughs> it was nuts. Like that was, that was actually one of the few shows that, you know, I've, I mean, I can speak for sure for myself, but I think, uh, we all were a little bit nervous yeah. and it was like 10 people. And we, we had like a very small crowd. That yeah. Came I saw in. some of the video you had. I, I couldn't really tell how many people that were there, but it looked like you had some people in there. Yeah, maybe like 20. It wasn't like a show show. You right. couldn't buy tickets. Like we like invited people. A lot of it was press, like, you know, like mm. reviewers or whatever. Um, so it wasn't like that kind of nerves. It was just like, dude, we're in Abbey Road. What the hell? You know, like, right, right. So there was just kind of pressure on ourselves, you know, and, yeah. and it ended up being great. I mean, and it's just... You know, because I don't think you can, like, go tour those because it's still a working studio. Like, you mm. can go take pictures outside, and I think they have a gift shop. But, like, I would have been really excited if we'd been on a European tour and got to go look at yeah. Abbey Road. <laughs> like, if, if we knew that engineer. Oh, my yeah. God. So, I mean, the fact <laughs> that we got to actually make a record, it was unreal. Like, the studio's amazing. You know, it, it really is, like it's that old school studio and they've kept it the same, right? Obviously. And, you know, I'm sitting there staring and like, kind of like staring at the wall, like whatever. And I'm like, I'm, I literally was thinking like John Lennon, like stared at this exact same square on the wall. That's all for this week. Recording some song. Next week like, for another episode of what the fuck? Yeah, That's yeah, crazy. Yeah. Available yeah, on you all your favorite podcasts. Dude, yeah. Video. Video.